The epistle lesson appointed for this, the second Sunday in Advent, is taken from Paul, Peter's second epistle, the third chapter, beginning at verse 8. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? But according to his promise, we're waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace to you in peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's message is the Old Testament lesson appointed for this Sunday, the second Sunday in Advent, and it's from the book of Isaiah, the 40th chapter. We've already heard a few of these words that were spoken in the gospel reading as Mark quotes Isaiah 40 in reference to John the Baptist being the fulfillment of this prophecy that is spoken of here in Isaiah 40. But we read, Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, In the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up. Every mountain and hill will be made low. The rough ground shall become level, and the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all the people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And a voice cry, says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? Well, all grass, or all people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. 
The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of the Lord, the word of God, endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a mountaintop, a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up and do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord comes. He comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. This is the word of the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, he who is the source of all comfort. The audience is assembled in the concert hall. The orchestra tunes, the the conductor appears. The conversations come to a halt. And there's a welcoming round of applause. The orchestra strikes up a brief, vigorous overture, and then the tenor soloist rises to his feet, and he intones the opening words, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. And another performance of Handel's Messiah is underway. It's all very formal. It's all very sanitized. It's even otherworldly. It's radically different from the predicament into which Isaiah speaks these words that I just read to you. Isaiah is one of the great prophets who ministered in the 8th century before the time of Christ. It was a century of upheaval and unrest. If you read the first 39 chapters of Isaiah, you'll find that Isaiah speaks very frankly to the people about the people's rampant addiction to sin. And he describes in very graphic terms the complete destruction that God is going to bring upon the people because of their rebellion, because of their rebellion against him. And the picture that Isaiah paints for the people is very bleak. It involves drought, famine, separation, destruction, a 70-year exile, and foreign occupation. He talks about how the people, as they go through this, will feel as though God has abandoned them, even forgotten them. But then chapter 40 of Isaiah catapults us into the future, offering a promise of what God's amazing mercy can accomplish, of what His mercy can accomplish even in the lives of sinful people. Isaiah 40 is is like a ray of sunshine before the tempest rages. It's the anchor that gives hope in the midst of the storm. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. like the people of Judah, to whom Isaiah writes, we have our own addictions to sin. 
We have our own upheaval and unrest. We have our own tempest raging. We have our own exiles. And so 2,700 years later, Isaiah's poetic language continues to stir up our hearts to drink in his divinely inspired words. Comfort, comfort, speak tenderly. Notice God doesn't say, I shall comfort my people, although he does do that. But instead God says, you comfort my people by speaking tenderly. The people are to be comforted by the message proclaimed. And so unexpectedly, suddenly, maybe even startlingly, a voice calls out in our text, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level and the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice calls out of, from the wilderness. And of course it's a wilderness, isn't it? A voice calls us out of the wasteland. Because you see, that's where we often find ourselves when we're out of sorts with God. In a wasteland, in a wilderness. I mean, how many times have we found ourselves in a wilderness and we've prayed, my soul faints with longing for your salvation, my eyes fail looking for your promise. I say, when will you comfort me? But it's also in those wildernesses, it's in those wastelands of our life that we may find ourselves more in tune with God than at any other time in our lives. in the wilderness that the voice speaks and it's not God's voice it's not the voice of an angel it's not the voice of a heavenly chorus of heaven-sent heralds it's a man's voice it's the forerunner's voice it's the forerunner to the Messiah's voice and with a sense of urgency this unidentified messenger proclaims prepare the way for the Lord Prepare the way for the Lord because you see the King of kings is coming. The arrival of the Savior of the nations is imminent. And so make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The voice calls for a major reconstruction of the landscape. Valleys will be raised up. Mountains made low. The rough ground is leveled and the rugged places are turned into a plain. The visual that comes to my mind is what I witnessed in the Rocky Mountains when I would drive through it. The roads are windy. They wind themselves up and up and up, mountains. And I would navigate my car perilously close to the steep edge, hoping that I would not go over the side. And so, often for safety reasons, to make the route less treacherous, Construction crews would use dynamite to blast through the rock in a controlled manner to level valleys and to reduce hills' heights. And they would have heavy machinery working. They would have duty drills that would just, heavy duty drills doing their job of radical reconstruction of the mountains. The voice in the wilderness calls for a radical reconstruction. 
of our lives. The voice calls us to prepare for God's advent, to repent of our sin, to drill through that rock-hard veneer of unbelief, to blast our idols to smithereens, to realign our beliefs and values with those of God, to reorient our lives so that they're in line with God's view for our life, God's will for our life. And so the voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people, all people are like grass. And all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. This message hits home, doesn't it? We know it to be true. All flesh, our own included, is weak and mortal. Life is brief. Like grass, we wither. Like flowers, we fade. We're frail in mind. We're fragile in body. We're feeble in soul. And we become weary and worn out from struggling with our sin day by day. The wear and the tear of wrestling daily with our fears and our failures wreaks havoc on our bodies and adds stress to the fragility of our minds. The troubles of this world and the turmoil in our soul take their toll on us and like grass under the burning rays of the sun, we eventually wither and we die. But God's Word endures forever. Jesus put it this way in John 10, the Scriptures cannot be broken. When God speaks His Word expresses truth, and that truth cannot be annulled or changed or have additions made to it. The promise God makes to you and me and to all the people of this world, they stand forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up and do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. And he tends his flock like a shepherd and he gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. When you hear these words, what hymn or song comes to your mind? For me, it's the hymn, Go Tell It on the Mountain. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. God's power is made perfect in weakness. His glory is in a cross. His mighty arms and his are, his mighty arms are stretched out in sacrifice. His reward is unmerited. His recompense is unearned. But here is our God. Here is your God. The infant child resting in the arms of his mother Mary. Go tell it on the mountain. Here is your God, the one who is more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Yes, go tell it on the mountain. 
Here's your God, the one who's crucified like a common criminal for the sins of the world. Go tell it on the mountain. Here is your God, the one who lies dead in Joseph's tomb. Go tell that on the mountain. And here is your God, the one who descends to hell to proclaim victory over the demonic. Go tell that on the mountain. And here is your God, the one who's victorious over the grave. Go tell that good news on the mountain. And here is your God, the one who awakens the spiritually dead by splashing water on those who are baptized and baptizing them in the Holy Spirit. Go tell that on the mountain. And here is your God, the one who invites you to his table and serves you his body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins. Go tell those glad tidings on the mountain. Yes, go tell it on the mountain. Let this good news be announced far and wide. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And here is your God. He's the shepherd. The good shepherd. The voice says, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. In the midst of our wildernesses, in the midst of our exiles, God shepherds us. He feeds us. He protects us. He holds us in his loving and strong arms close to his heart. He leads us. He even lays down his life for us. So even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, for he is with us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. So shout for joy, you heavens. Rejoice, you earth. Burst into song, you mountains. For the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. In our pain, God provides hope. In the midst of our failure, he speaks comfort. In our sin, he forgives. In judgment, he pardons in death, he grants life. So friends, do not give up. Do not let the weariness and the wear and tear of life prompt you to resign yourself, to adopt the philosophy of it is what it is. No, our God comes. He comes to give us his comfort. He comes to give us forgiveness. He comes and he speaks tenderly to us words of hope and peace and joy and forgiveness. And he gives us those words to speak to others so that others too might know of his tender love and mercy for them. So go and speak and pray. Pray the prayer that we prayed earlier in this service. Pray it for yourself and pray it for other people you know. Stir up our hearts, O Lord to make ready the way of your only begotten Son, that by his coming we may be enabled to serve you with pure minds and a pure heart. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.